Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you haven't played Paddy Power Fantasy yet, you're missing out. But on the upside, if you haven't played it yet, you qualify for a risk-free first go. Get up to £20 back as cash when you play Paddy Power Fantasy. And because every NFL game day is a season in itself, you don't have to wait to find out if you've won. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. New customer offer. Min £5, max £20 refund. T's and C's apply. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. 18 plus begumbleware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. I and Mike in a mobile talk Monday Night Football with him. That Bears defense getting it done once again. Turnover mayhem in that one as it was all weekend long in the NFL. We will ask Mike why that is. We'll uh, talk about the uh, clock management situation as well, which is rearing its head once again. A few coaches under fire, including uh, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, uh, making a baffling decision. Wasn't the only coach that did that at the weekend. So we'll get into all of that. Good mailbag as well. So Mike to come shortly. We're going to check in with our college expert, Ben Isaacs, too, for all the big stories from the NCAA. And we've got a special guest, travel expert, Ben Mortimer, joining us a little bit later on. For all of you out there, they're planning a trip stateside to watch a college game, an NFL game, uh, any sporting game for that matter. Ben is your man. So some tips and pointers for you. If you're planning a big trip over, you should be thinking about it if you can. Um, now, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we're on social media as well, at the NC Show. And wherever you listen to us, if you've got time, go and leave us a review. Helps us, helps us out. All good on that front. Uh, big shout out to our sponsors as well. Paddy Power Fantasy, great to have their support this season get stuck in with daily fantasy if you haven't already that's the name of the game we've got a daily fantasy pod of course with me and the og that drops every saturday uh we'll get you in the mood for that a uh, lot of good stuff over on paddy power fantasy fantasy.paddypower.com 
Facebook.com, a lot of competi- uh, competitions, all kinds of good stuff there. So get involved. Right then, let's get the show on the road. And I'm Mike. Hey, Mike. So first things first, just to reassure me and our, and our listeners at home, since we last spoke, since we last had you on the show on Wednesday, because of course Wednesday is the Carlton show, uh, you haven't taken a ball to the face like Pete Carroll did at the weekend, have you? No, I've done that once in my career, and um, I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to do it again if I can avoid it. Although, in fairness, his was before the game and mine was after. So, <laughs> Right. We, we, yeah, we are talking about the basketballs around the commentary booth, right? That's true. It, it wasn't a, it was literally after the game, an Argentine player, they had just beaten Brazil and Pablo mm. Prigioni kicked the ball into the stands. Mm. I was turned around facing John Amici and, uh, the audio obviously is up on BBC. It was the fourth most popular clip on BBC <laughs> Sport in uh, 2012. And, um, just, I ask him a question and just before he starts the answer, he goes, uh oh. <laughs> And as soon as he says, uh-oh, the ball slams into my uh, headset, into into my uh, right ear, and I go, ow. And then um, I said, what, what's happened? I look around, and the ball had bounced off my head and into the press area um, below us. And I said, quote, some idiots in the press area. Some idiots. Our basketball basketball round. Right, exactly. You've heard it Um, (laughs) a million times. And um, My ringtone, Mike, to be fair. (laughs) And and John said, no, it came from the court. And I said, oh, and then proceeded to continue the interview with him. So I thought this was quite good. And someone from the BBC called and said about 10 minutes later and said, "Uh, do you mind if we use that audio on on the website? I said, does it, is it embarrassing for me? And they, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) So I said, sure, go ahead. And the next thing you know, millions of people are are laughing at me all over the world. It was great. Global. It is great. There will be many, many different uh, options for your autobiography, Mike, but it came from the court. I expect to be at least on the shortlist. <laughs> now, listen, Cody Barton was the rookie linebacker who was unwittingly responsible for uh, the Pete Carroll ball right. to the kisser. Is he still on the roster? Have we checked. Yeah, out? I think <laughs> I think I think so. The question okay. is whether the butterflies. I, why do they call them butterfly stitches? Um, mm. They don't look like butterfly to me, Fair especially point. when they're on Pete Carroll's nose. <laughs> now we've got a, a ton to get into. Let's start with Monday okay. Night Football. Well, right? hold um, it. Before we do, mm. there's only one story that you have to start with, and I'm I know that you've probably got other priorities, but any serious football person, there can only be one question today, oh, and it has two. It has two possible answers. Is Daniel Jones elite, or is he a lock for the Hall of Fame? I mean, really, we need sure. to decide this now. I think we do. I mean, one start. I think there's more than enough of a sample size to get into that. Uh, I, I like Bill Simmons was talking about the fact that his name went from Danny Dimes just to Dimes over the weekend. He's just well, getting that, horrible. That's good. I, I remember Nick Holling telling me that he was in a, a locker room somewhere, and uh, I think it was a preseason game, and. Billy White Shoes Johnson was on the visiting team. And when he went into the visiting team locker room where they, they just put up like tape with the players' names on it for the lockers, one locker just had shoes written on it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, okay. Much as, uh, maybe we'll talk a bit of Danny Dimes later yeah, on. Yeah, but no, we, continue on to what you want. In the mailbag, Iron Mike, I think we might have a Danny Dimes question just to keep you, just to placate you and keep you happy. So we'll get to the mailbag in a bit, but I want to start with Monday Night Football. Um, and those uh, Chicago Bears, and specifically the Chicago Bears defense, getting it done once again. Five takeaways as they roll the skins, 31-15 in the final. So the Bears move to 2-1. and one. Washington uh, say goodnight, Gracie, to them at 0-3. Oh and, uh, and it's interesting. So within that game, uh, Ha Ha Clinton-Dix, who incidentally, Mike, is, what, seventh in the 
NFL best named player power rankings still. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 ha is great. Is still a great rolling. Name. And remember, he was playing in yeah, Washington former, last former year. Skid, of course he was. Yeah. Um, returned, uh, had a pick six, of course, in, in this one. The Bears now, when that went in, the Bears have now uh, seven defensive touchdowns since 2018. The defense carrying this team on both sides of the ball right now. Yeah, and and that was the case last season as well. Um, and there are still, I think, a lot of questions out there about Mitch Trubisky mm. and how uh, efficient he is. Even though his line was was pretty good, I mean, you know, um, when you look at it, uh, you still see errant throws and and some bad decisions along the way, and you wonder how long this you know this um model can can continue one and the problem of course is once you get to play teams with better offensive lines um and better offenses because if you go down 28 to 3 to the bears in the first half the second half is beat for them you know they can just keep you keep you pinned down get a couple of turnovers if if you're really struggling and of course they didn't really have uh, washington doesn't didn't really have a a downfield answer um mm against that Bears defense. Now, there are a couple of problems for them up front because Akeem Hicks, who you know might be the most underrated player in the league now, I'm, I'm not sure if it's still true that he's underrated, yes. um, but but he's a really great defensive end. Now, he hurt his knee, and, and Bilal Nichols, the other defensive end, hurt his hand. I, I, I don't know what the update is on those injuries right now, but that would be major loss for them because although the, you know, they've the um the press rush comes from Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan had a great game and as you said ha ha and the secondary um uh played played really well um and of course when you got Jackson back there you know in the secondary he's the closest thing to Earl Thomas that that we've got right um you know that 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 pretty much says that the Bears should continue to play well even if they lose to to their starting defensive lineman at least temporarily. But, but against a top fight offense. On that, sorry, Mike, just on a key mix, you posed the question. Uh, being reported by Chicago media, it's minor his injury, so nothing. Yeah, well, that's good news for them um, because that's what, you know, that's what it's all based on. Pagano, Chuck Pagano came in and kept the basic 3-4 format that they were using under Vin, Vin Fangio. Um, mm. I think he's a little more aggressive in terms of bringing extra pass rushers but you know with the talent they have they don't necessarily need to Akeem Hicks spent one year in New England you know as a as a free agent between New Orleans and and Chicago right and if you think about him what he does now is kind of what Richard Seymour used to do Mm -hmm. for the Patriots a 3-4 lineman who can occupy two blockers who can move inside on pass rush if he has to and can be a one-on-one rusher occasionally and and, versatility is that exactly exactly Uh, I was a little bit remiss Mike to be fair because uh uh, saying the defense is carrying both sides of the ball. Taylor Gabriel literally carrying the, the Bears' offense. Great game. Three touchdowns for him. Uh, and then exited with a concussion. So he could be doubtful uh, next time around because of that, depending on the, how the protocol goes for him. But yeah, good game. What do you make of Taylor Gabriel? Um, well, he is what he, he is what he has been. And what they, I think what Matt Nagy's trying to do is to use him as that top layer. Um, when you think in terms, I, I've been, I've been, referring to this a lot in the past week um when you think in terms of an Andy Reid uh, kind of offense where where you get these layered pass routes um with with a deep with a deep threat the Tyreek Hill say mm-hmm. um with the tight ends cutting across and that's where Chicago right now hasn't been able to generate too much uh from their tight ends and uh an- another receiver in the in the middle zone that's Allen Robinson normally and and a back coming out of the backfield you know when things are working that's what um 
that's what that offense should do. And Gabriel, if you can get to him on the third level, say, um, is is a great threat, uh, mm. but it, re- it re- relies on guys like Allen Robinson, you know, make doing their job. Mm. Um, the interesting quote from Nagy that I saw was, um, "We've got to figure out a way to use Cord- Cordero Patterson's talents." Um, you know, they, he ran, he played carrying the ball again, just a few carries, but. You know, if you're going to That's sign every him, head coach ever, right? It's, yeah. It's well, you, well, you would have thought if you're going to sign him to a big money deal like they did, that you would have an idea. Of You'd have you the plan already use. worked yeah, out. That, that's why I was scratching my head at it. But you know, if they can do that, mm. he's the kind. Of, you know, he's never been a consistent receiver, but he's the kind of guy who can stretch defenses on on a bunch of levels. And I would be trying him at a lot of those kind of routes that that they use Trey Burton on, say, uh, tight mm. tight end in motion, tight end from the slot. You know, he's big enough to line up in that position and have teams have to account for him as a tight end. Um, that would be my first thought. But then I'm not a coach. Uh, interesting idea. And Burton, of course, has been uh, banged up at the start of the season, starting to uh, get back to full fitness and it figured more against um, the Redskins. So that will help things, I think, because there are a lot of uh, high hopes for him this season. Um, so uh, just a quick line, Mike, on the Redskins. Uh, and well, two, two elements to the Redskins situation at the moment. As I said at the top, they've fallen to 0-3. So uh, predictably, Jay Gruden, the head coach, on the hot seat to one of those coaches that everybody is... Uh, yeah. The vultures are circling around, but also... They're similarly, Case Keenum under pressure, the journeyman quarterback they've got, who's not great, not bad, just does what Case Keenum does. But they have a young gun in Dwayne Haskins sitting, waiting patiently. So do you think Gruden's days are numbered? And do you think we're going to see Dwayne Haskins sooner rather than later? Yeah, I thought Gruden's days were numbered before the season started. I I think I said that on on our preseason uh, podcast. He would he would be the most likely coach, uh, yeah. the first the first likely firing, um, and yeah, I think I think there's a problem. And now the problem is too that you know Adrian Peterson is back as their number one back because Darius is gone. Yeah. Um, and without that running threat, because AP doesn't look like AP did last year uh, when he was you know when he was looked like a legitimate number one. Without that running threat, it it takes away an element from. Uh, what Gruden wants to do offensively and Keenum, you know, his best year arguably was with the Vikings where he was the second, you know, where passing was the second choice um, on that team. Mike Zimmer would prefer to run the ball a lot and then, and then play off play action. Mm. And that's, that would pretty much be Case Keenum's strength. Um, and what you're going to get is when, when Case Keenum has to be a, a totally passing quarterback because you're behind and has to do a lot of pocket throwing and, mm. and downfield is you're always going to get some mistakes, um, you know, particularly against a really, a really good defense. And, yeah, that's a really good point. It figures that his best season ever was on a, uh, you know, potentially championship-winning Vikings team, right? Because he yeah. wasn't necessarily in that spot as much. It's a yeah, and, and you know, and I think you said we know what we're going to get from Case Keenum. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's not a question. Uh, he's kind of like, or maybe in six years he'll be Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's that kind. It's that kind of thing where you you might get a um, you might get a real boost or. or uh, you might not. Google I don't bust. know what they do. You know, he doesn't seem to want to move to Dwayne Haskins. No. Um, the, you know, and, and you can understand that perhaps. Uh, Why I is think- he so? I get that. And, you know, we talked Danny Dimes, but I, I just think that in a situation like this, let him sit for a few weeks, let him learn the game a little bit before you throw him in there, particularly if the team isn't firing on all cylinders. Less swag than Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. Yeah. Teams, and, and we, all, we all have less swag than. than and Haskins doesn't have the mobility, which with, you know, 
Trent Williams, and this is a huge part of what was, part of what Washington's problem is. You know, without Trent Williams yeah. at left tackle, there's there's a, a a real gap in blocking for the quarterback, and so mm. you know, in a sense, you'd be putting Haskins out out to um, uh, in line for a lot of punishment because in the he's line not of a, fire, he's yeah. not a mobile quarterback. He's a he's a pocket passer. Now, um, quick question. I should have probably checked this at the start, Mike. Uh, Rufus, uh, for new listeners to the show, of course, Rufus, Mike's faithful uh, canine friend, uh, tends to get quite excited when we mention the J-E-T-S, and we're right. about to do that. So is he in another room, or have we got him? Rufus no, he's, 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 lying ne- he's lying next to me quite okay. comfortable right now. Right. So, yeah. I don't um, want to rile him too much. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just say J-E-S-T. Okay, okay, um, we'll say that. Instead, we'll of, say, that. instead of well, saying the word, yeah. That, uh, that other team in New York, uh, or Jersey, <laughs> uh, have fumble recovery against uh, the Patriots. It uh, was their first touchdown of any kind in Gillette Stadium since 2015, uh, which I thought was a stat you'd appreciate, and indeed Rufus would. Uh, turnovers all the rage, of course, in, in the NFL. So we mentioned in Monday Night Football, uh, the Bears cashed in. Uh, the uh, 49ers overcame five to beat the Steelers. Mika Fitzpatrick, incidentally, getting stuck in, as we predicted he would on the show last yep. week. The Bills, they forced four in their win over Cincy. Um, and as I say, even the Pats were susceptible. Jarrett Stidham coming in after they yeah, Brady called his Jets. So and, and everywhere, Mike. We saw how turnovers and, 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 you know, uh, special teams plays can, can simply turn a game around. You know, um, the, the Giants game, uh, you know, if, if Matt Gay doesn't miss the field goal, um, the Giants, the Giants lose. And, and, you know, that was interesting because the field goal was literally an extra point. The Arians, um, this is the Bruce Arians call, right? So yeah, we didn't get into that with Greg, uh, on Monday. So really good shout, Mike. So, uh, it was a 27 yarder. He took the delay, Coach Arians took the delay of game penalty. Right. Uh, and uh, the rookie kicker missed the kick, right? So they lost the game. Yeah. In the presser afterwards, Arians said, uh, I, I felt he, it was a better range for him. Now, even though he hit a 27 yarder in the game, incidentally, well, uh, he and, missed and two extra yeah, points. He so missed he, two extra points. And basically, he, by moving back seven, uh, by, well, they actually, they, he kicked from the 34, right. um, which was, which basically is an extra point. Yeah. Um, so by doing that, he put him exactly in the situation where he had missed, where he missed. two and kicks him, already. And took him from the spot where he made a kick. So it, I, I was trying to work this out afterwards and I didn't know Bruce Arians, one of his kids was a kicker and Bruce Arians is known as a pretty stand up guy generally, right? So do you think Arians was just taking a bullet for his, his rookie in, in the presser and just said, I did this, uh, you know, I, I did this. Uh, to deflect attention off, um, you know, off what happened. What, I mean, I, I didn't get that. I, I I didn't get that either. Um, mm. You know, it, it wasn't just the five yards. He then, you know, Winston then took took a knee for another two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. to put to put it on the hash mark that mm. that they wanted to um, to kick from. So um, I, I didn't I didn't get it because I just don't see why you would why you necessarily want to add yardage to to your kicker's mm. uh, burden and and um, but it was a horrible way to lose a game because um, Winston had you know two two long passes um, twenty to Godwin and I think it was forty four to to Mike Evans which was a brilliant a brilliant play you mm. know they deserved they deserved to win that game but. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking. I was thinking too of uh, you know the way interceptions you, they simply can put you in a hole. Um, punt return touchdowns, mm. you know, like New Orleans, Seattle, for example. Right. Uh, they they got the fumble um, for a TD where you know it was uh, Carson was was 
finally found yep. to be, you know, the ball had popped out and that was returned for TD. Another fumble for him as well. That's yeah. not looking good. And Deontay Harris uh, had that great uh, punt return touchdown. So that's 14 points on the road. And and for New Orleans, that made their life a whole lot easier uh, than it might have been otherwise. Mm. Uh, and there were a couple and, of other other games uh, where where there were you know where turnovers put a team in a hole uh, where fumble a Dory Jackson's fumble on the punt uh, for Tennessee that gave Jacksonville uh, you know wound up giving Jacksonville a touchdown. But you know back to the Jets just for a second. Yeah, those two touchdowns. New England still hasn't allowed an offensive touchdown, but those two right. touchdowns allowed the Jets to cover. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. There we were, were cheers in New England. <laughs> yeah, Jarrett's could have came in and threw a pick six, much to the chagrin of uh, sharps everywhere, all around the country. Vegas let out a collective moan, I think, when that went in. Um, so just uh, quickly, Mike, on the, uh, uh, on the Seattle game, just jumping back to that a minute, and uh, to follow your point that, you know, turnovers uh, allow the opposition back in, but so it's bad clock management, and that seems to be another trend at the moment i mean it always is with certain coaches but pete carroll getting involved with that uh, and i don't know whether and not being facetious whether the things were connected that because he got shaken up before the game whether he, he had taken his uh, uh it, it slightly are, are you shot. implying that pete carroll thinks through his nose no i'm not implying that no, i'm just thinking <laughs> when he got he got a ball to the kisser it might have uh, slightly jarred him. he's he's like you i'm like unreconstructed in the clint eastwood sense uh pete that's carroll. true and, pete, so and pete and i are i think about the same age about the same too. age and you look a lot younger so there's a lot of similarities there and i think um yeah he's one of the tough guys so i uh, i don't think it, in that respect but i think at the same time you know anybody going through something like that's going to shake you up just because it's not conventional, not your usual game uh, preparation. And he certainly seemed to make some odd decisions, particularly with regards to clock management. So here's my question for you, Mike. Uh, why do certain coaches, Andy Reid, I think, uh, out of the current crop, usually a culprit, the brilliant coach, but struggles at times with, with clock management. Why do certain coaches make such baffling decisions, particularly now in the, in the modern NFL, where there are so many assistants around them to help ensure that that doesn't happen? In Andy's case, I've always thought that part of the problem is that he sees his offense in a vacuum, as it were, and he wants to run it the way they run it. Um, you know, irrespective of the situation, you mean? Yeah, he's an old school, not irrespective necessarily, but it takes priority. Right. He's a, he's a kind of old school West Coast offense guy. Um, although the offense has, has evolved way beyond that. Um, you know, it's a brilliantly constructed offense but you know he he still uses scripted plays at the beginning of the game i think he wants to keep to the rhythm of that offense and sometimes he ignores the the sort of bigger picture um of game management of stopping the clock of of what you want to do i mean the most important things are avoid the most important thing is avoiding putting yourself in the position where you don't get to run the final play uh, mm. where you don't have a timeout available, where stop, you know, where spiking the ball would result in too much time, or as we've seen happen a number of times in the NFL, guys spike the ball on fourth down <laughs> without yeah. keeping track of, you know, of where the downs are. Right. And, you know, we saw, um, Dick Curl, who had coached the offensive coordinator in Barcelona, mm. was hired, um, by Dick Vermeil, no, by Herm Edwards, I think it was in, um, yeah, it was Herm Edwards in the Jets to, um, Maybe it was with Vermeil and then by her as a clock coach. You know, his job was to sort of be there on the sidelines in in the head coach's ear, telling him what to do yeah. in that clock situation. Yeah. And um, now, I, personally, and 
this is this is kind of a, a view. I would like to take away the sidelines timeout in the NFL mm. at least once the team is over center or once the center's hands are on the ball. Now I know that that you know in in the NFL now they come up to line and then everybody starts waving their hands one way or the other and yelling down and ch- signaling and stuff. But at some point I get really tired of plays starting and then being blown dead because there's been a timeout from the sidelines. Right, and I really think that that clock management in that sense should belong to the quarterback as it mm-hmm. used to do. Um, although that's kind of going because quarterbacks now are so, you know, the plays are called from the sidelines for the most part. Um, they're not the field generals that they yeah. once were, but I, I wouldn't mind going back to that sort of thing. Uh, and, and we were talking about it in, in another sense um, uh, on that, um, on that remarkable comeback in week two, where you know, was the timeout called by the quarterback with one second mm. to play? Um, do they get the, you know, or was it, could it be called Breezy by the wide receiver yeah. or whatever? Or was it called from the sidelines? Cause yeah. you know, when it's called from the sidelines, obviously it takes a while to get into the field. Um, so I just don't, I just don't like the concept. Yeah, interesting, interesting thoughts. And uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that uh, clock management has reared its head already this season. It seems to be a, you know, a perennial issue for even for the most experienced coaches in the league. So uh, I'm sure we'll be getting into that once again later on in the season. Uh, I am Mike. Uh, I'm going to dive into the mailbag because you've got your top five as well, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm sure you're all set for that, right? <laughs> hey, that's like that's like what the, the um, news quiz where they say, "Does anyone have a clipping that uh, they they brought <laughs> oh, in with them?" And, yeah. and nobody's ever said yes. Your producer handed me one just before I. Uh, yeah, you you asked for a top five, and lo and, and behold, Ollie suggested the subject, and we have we have it. <laughs> Looking forward to that. We'll get into that in a moment, but plenty in the mailbag for you. So let's route through a few of these. Um, <laughs> Here's a good one. Uh, Ian Waterton. Thanks for this, Ian. How excited should Giants fans be getting about Daniel Jones? Get the hype. Get on top of him, particularly in a city like New York. Hopefully <laughs> in New York. The hype? <laughs> really? Never. No. Wait t- I'd say wait till he has a bad game. <laughs> wait till he throws two <laughs> yeah. interceptions in, yeah. the fir- in the first quarter and then see what the New York Post has to say about mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, he, I, what impressed me in his performance was that he survived the shaky bits to yes. play well in 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 um they in the pressure situ yeah. in the pressure situations yeah. and he provides an element of mobility he provides a sort of um familiarity with the quick quick quicker pass release system i think he's a better fit for what Shermer wants to do mm. um i think what the giants need uh, and Shermer's another guy from that Andy Reid school you know it would be really nice if the giants could dig up uh, a receiver who was a deep threat Mm-hmm. who could open up some pass patterns underneath. And, you know, I just don't know where they would find one, you know, kind of like a, an Odell Beckham type player. But I don't mm-hmm. know how the Giants would ever come up with an Odell Beckham type player. You good know, point. Very good um, point. But hey, Jones, Golden Tate's coming back, though. Golden, been, Golden Tate's yeah. not that guy. Golden is a slot receiver, basically. Um, and they've already got a couple of those. Um, I, I thought Jones – uh, looked remarkably composed, which was great because that was kind of one of the one of the question marks about him. And remember that the whole controversy over Jones was not that he wasn't a first round quality quarterback. Um, it was that the Giants took him with the sixth pick rather than the seventeenth pick. Mm. Um, you know, and get Dave Gettleman, whether he was right or wrong, suggested that he wanted Jones as his next quarterback, and he wasn't prepared to take the risk that he would still be there at fifteen. 
Um, I've got no problem with that, Mike. I mean, neither did I. To me, I mean, I did to an extent, but but basically, I I did because I wasn't convinced that Jones was going to be uh, an automatic franchise quarterback. But Gettleman was, and the argument is a good one, you know. And and now it comes down to your to your judgment. It's it's kind of like, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, play calling decisions. Uh, You know, you have to judge the decision and not the outcome. Mm. Out, outcome bias is easy for anybody. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have, you have to, I think, respect that, respect that decision that this was the guy they wanted. They went yeah. and got him. Now the question is, Dave, can you evaluate a quarterback? And on the basis of one game, the answer would be, yeah. He's nailing it. Yeah. We, we talked, we spoke a, l- a lot about the Amari Cooper deal as well. I think there are the parallels there that everybody, you know, all the talking heads shouted at what an absurd deal it was for the Cowboys, but situationally, it made yeah. a lot of sense I mean, for them if, if the yeah, upside this- played out, which it did. Yeah, this morning people were screaming about Pittsburgh tanking the season because they traded a fifth-round draft pick to Seattle for Nick Vanett, um, a tight end, uh, because I think Vance McDonald um, has injury problems. And, mm. and um, trading a first-rounder for Minka, uh, for yeah. Minka isn't tanking your season at all. You yeah. know, Mink, Minka's had a great game. He made one bad mistake, but he had a couple of really great plays for Pittsburgh. He's going to be a great fit for that team. Yeah, fair point. Uh, all right, I'm going to go back to the mailbag on Jalen Ramsey because we're getting a lot of buzz about Jalen Ramsey. Of course, uh, Ramsey this week, uh, we're recording this Wednesday, of course, uh, hasn't turned up to practice uh, blaming flu, which um, make of that what you will. I, I might, You and I have worked together Oh my goodness! Twelve, thirteen years. You've never missed a never missed nope. a show with flu. So, nope. Jalen Ramsey disappointed in you on that one. But I think there's probably more to that than meets the eye. Although he is uh, reported to be returning. I think he's to got the today. A. I think he's got the A B virus. Oh, is that what they call it? Is that what it is? It would be hanging hanging around with Sam Darnold possibly as well. Um, <laughs> so uh, a lot of you getting in touch with us about Jalen. Here's one from uh, Otto. Uh, good to. Have uh, Otto. My name Otto. is Otto. I like to get black. Cracking name. So who uh, said you, that? Uh, is that Animal House? No, it's the bus, no, Belushi, driver, Belushi. bus driver on the Springsteens on the uh, Simpsons. I want the Simpsons. Okay. Otto is the bus driver. Was there a John Belushi character called Otto? My maybe. Right? My grandfather was called Otto. Otto was he? Oh yeah, that's of course he was. Yeah. Well, okay. So Otto definitely gets the win in terms of the Jalen question. <laughs> uh, he says, if you guys had the decision, uh, would you, as the 49ers front office, make the trade for Ramsey, and if so? What would be the limit in picks you would go to? Mm, That's an interesting question. Yeah, I I think I would not go to that. I I, I might even hesitate to go to one. Um, What? Simply because the Niners' defense may not may be good enough without him. Now, if Akello Witherspoon is out, um, then then I might consider it because um, they were quite smart. I think when they they picked up um, Jason Verrett. Mm-hmm. From from San Diego, you know, and Verrett is a top class quarterback, except that he's always injured every year. He he gets injured. He came in when Withers when um, Witherspoon went out, and they immediately attacked him, and he had no defense for it. Um, he looked like a guy who was, you know, coming off a serious knee injury, and and you know didn't have the the lateral quickness and recovery speed um to play so i don't know again i don't know i haven't checked injuries the witherspoon's injury but if witherspoon's out then i think he's worth the first round draft pick if you could ar- you could argue that you can never have too many good corners but that's not true because you can <laughs> because you could only play 3 at once he's out for um, a month mike with a spoon so with a spoon at, least, is, at least a month that's it's a, it, yeah I, and in that case i think one first rounder is good i i, I don't think i would go 
with two for him. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely, I, I think in that case, I'd, I would do the one. I think two may be too much, mm-hmm. um, and you might you might see him go for a one plus something else in the in the following draft, but not a second one. I don't think San Francisco could afford that. Mm, I go I go two ones for Ramsey, no doubt. But there you go. Um, all right, uh, one more for us, Mike, and then you give us your top five. Uh, your top five, uh, Lee Wakefield. Love this. Uh, thanks for the question, Lee. At the NC Show, if you want to follow suit, uh, we've all seen Mike Leach talking about college mascots and who would win in the Pac-12 battle. So, but which mascot would win in the eyes of Nat and Mike? So, so the Pac-12 mascots, you have Betty Beaver, Butch T. Cougar. Uh, I'm not going to do them all, but Ralphie the <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> um, Wilbur and Wilma, I like the look of, uh, who were the official mascots at the University of Arizona. Is that uh, Wilma Flintstone? No, it looks like two wild, well, mate, logically two wild yeah, cats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, uh, yeah, well, they've got an advantage straight away because they're a tag team and look like they could be a heel tag team as well. So maybe Wilma uh, and Wilbur could be, uh, my pick. Who are you, who are you going for, Mike? Um, I, I like, uh, I like the Cougars to, to be honest. Um, although, if I were going to have one as a pet, I'd go with the Washington Huskies. Right. Um, I don't think the USC Trojan is going to have much of a chance against most of these animals. You know? No, I think, I think he's like, looking at the uh, Vegas book here. He's a 33 to 1. <laughs> long shot. But is he mounted? If, he, ah, if he's on the horse, that, that's a different story. <laughs> is he armed as well? I think we need, to, we need this clarified. Um, all right. Well, thanks for that question. Love that. We should have more of those. More of those, please, gang. So, uh, Lee, you are the winner of our favorite question of the season so far. Uh, keep those coming in. Uh, at the NC show, as I say, all week long, uh, Alex, Tom, and the guys on social media will be picking those up and uh, and uh, banking them for the mailbag on Wednesday with me and the big man. Right, Mike, your top five. Uh, drum roll, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> was that, what was that? It wasn't a drum roll. Oh, good, no, let, let just a second. Um, you know, talking about Mike Leach. Oh, I, right, okay. Yeah. Talking about Mike Leach, I segued into air raid kind of offenses mm. and Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M. Uh, who is in that family of air raid kind of coaches. Because the one thing that nobody seemed to be talking about in the Carolina-Arizona game was that Kyler Murray um, was at Texas A&M yes. at exactly the same time as Kyle Allen. Mm. And Allen had won the job when he came as a freshman. The, the guy who was ho- then the quarterback immediately transferred out because college football is all about academic success and not, of course. not playing football. Of course. And then Murray came in and they wound up competing and Murray won the competition. And so Allen announced that he was going to transfer out and he transferred to Houston. And then a week later, Murray transferred out to Oklahoma, leaving Kevin, Kevin Sumlin with neither of them. But this was <laughs> this game was basically an extension of their practice battles at right, Texas A&M. Right. And this, this time, Allen won. And Who would you take now? Talk about overreaction to, uh, to Kyle Overreact- Allen. Well, Allen, you-, you know, Allen played last year, and, and, and we talked about team. it on the radio um, mm. because he, w- he looked really good. Yeah. Um, he, had, he came in in one game and then started the second, and, and he looked composed. He looked really good. I think he's actually someone that Carolina might consider, you know, going forward with if Cam's injury really is really serious and he de- he decides to to stop playing. I don't think he would be panic stations in, in Carolina. Murray is obviously a work in progress. And, you know, and the question remains, it was at the beginning of the season, whether Cliff Kingsbury's system is going to uh, limit his progress or, or whether he, once they get into it, um, it's going to, it's going to uh, show his real skills. But right now they're really dependent on his running ability. And I don't know if that's a long-term uh, um, formula for success. Mm, true that. All right, good stuff, Mike. Now, your top five, 
we kind of teased it at the top, really, with our, our story, my favorite Carson story ever, with some idiots throwing basketballs. Because, of course, <laughs> the top five this week is Iron Mike's top five media meltdowns. Right. Iron and, Mike's top five media meltdowns. Yeah, and it's, you know, you know, there was a lot of criticism of Bill Belichick this week for not being more expansive about the Antonio Brown situation. But note, <laughs> that, you don't, yeah, note that you don't have Bill Belichick in any of these media meltdown kind of things. His best meltdown that I, that I can remember would, um, not directed at the officials, because <laughs> yeah, uh, right. there's been a couple of good ones with that. What was when he, he smashed the Microsoft Surface <laughs> yes. tablet that the NFL had required them to yeah. use and, and basically said, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and Microsoft actually she issued a corporate statement about it. Amazing. Um, but now, anyway, Mike, have you got? Have you got five? This week, I've got. Probably? I've got five. Not yeah. six or seven. I, I, think, yeah, oh, I, I can. I can give you. I can give you as many as as, <laughs> you, as you want. Yeah. Um, but we wait. Basically, we've got uh, Jerry Burns of the Minnesota Vikings, who has. Mm-hmm. You can find it on YouTube. It, it's a f bomb laced. Uh, thing in a game that they won, but there was a lot of criticism of Bob Schnelker, his offensive coordinator, and um, he uh, he basically uh, refused to throw Schnelker under a bus and and uh, did it very pointedly. Um, at number four, uh, number four, you've got Herm Edwards, the famous "You play oh, to yeah. win the game." Hello, you know, <laughs> I don't care if you don't, if you don't get any wins, and that was somebody asking the wrong question. Of Herm at the wrong, wrong time. time. Have you ever three, been in that situation, Mike, in a, in a presser where you've incurred the wrath of the the head coach? No. Um, although I did ask Bill one um, at the Super Bowl uh, in 2007 when when um, when I still got to go to the game in, in enough time for the coach's press conference, <laughs> as opposed to, to parachuting into the stadium just before the opening ceremony. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But um, and Bill just said, "Hey, Mike." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. Uh, but uh, number three is Mike Ditka, and Ditka is just—it's it, an amazing. You, you can go online again, and you can find lots of Mike Ditka. And the most famous one is is um, after a loss to Atlanta, and and uh, uh, guys. Guy says, "Why are you in such a bad mood?" He goes, "What do you care? <laughs> if you were two and seven, you'd that's be in a bad, bad mood too." Um, and then they're asking him, and he says, "There's not much talent on the offense. You know, that's my fault. You know, I pick these guys. I have to, you know, I have to be responsible for it. Um, I'm embarrassed for them, but you can't blame the players. It'd be hypocritical." Uh, he says, "God put me there to be humbled, and I deserve it." Uh, Ditka was really honest, and if you if you go through. A lot of his clips, you'll find he gives sometimes angry but very honest answers to yeah. to the press, you know, and treats them like like a, a, a situation. When you hear him say something like "It broke me down today," you really feel for the guy, right? Um, because he was an emotional player, and obviously he's an emotional coach as well. There's a great um, a football life uh, on Ditka, which is uh, which is well yeah. Worth, and well I mean, worth. I'm old enough to remember him as a college player at, at Pitt, mm. um, and you know, and he was just no so nonsense. tough, yeah. Uh, on those teams. Uh, Pitt-Syracuse was a big game in those days. At number two, and another guy with multiple entries is Jim Mora, of right, course, because right. this is a guy who, you know, who said things like in, they were vomiting in the, in the stands at watching this game, or we were diddly-poo out there. But the famous one, those were both in New Orleans. The famous one um, was was when he was with the Colts, um, and they'd lost to the 49ers, and, and someone asked him if he thought they thought they could make the playoffs. And, and you know, Mora went, 
playoffs. <laughs> I like to get impression of more. Well, holy man. crap. I don't, I don't know. Are you, are you kidding me? Jim <laughs> Mora is like um, the combination of incredulity um, mm. and, and anger is yeah. what puts that yes. at number two. Perfect. But number one, and, and I think everyone's going to know what number one is. Um, it's Dennis Green. Um, when he was coaching in Arizona and they, they blew a 23 to three lead to the bears. Um, this is when the bears went to the super bowl with Rex Grossman at quarterback and Kyle Orton, uh, during the season. And, um, he said, you know, they said, you know, did they, what they do that fooled you or something like that? And he said, yeah, um, what you want to crown them <laughs> champions, uh, you know, uh, they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. They are who we thought they were. And, yeah. and someone said, did you think you can beat them? Which was exactly the wrong <laughs> question to ask at that point. And he said, you know, that's why we took the damn field. That's the frustration. The that's the ultimate frustration. Rick. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's basically, um, when, when a coach, when a coach knows that everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, how, you, you can't even think about what's the best way to, to move forward from that, resurrect the, uh, the situation. Um, it's just gone. Uh, cracking stuff. I and Mike at Carlson Sports is how you can follow the big man on Twitter and of course the Patreon column as well give that a plug what's going on this week on it uh, well it's, it's i may do uh, 10 takeaways from the week today mm. if i get time to write it nice. um and uh, otherwise on thursday there's a pick of the game on friday there's picks and analysis of all 15 games and uh, we're currently running at a pretty good pace so that's good um in terms of doing it right but last week there were a couple of shockers there in, in the, the second window of games you know yes. and that's what makes the nfl the nfl Indeed, it does. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash uh, Mike Carlson FMTE. Is how That's you get it. With that. Absolutely. And it drops into your inbox uh, as and when a new article is published. So get involved, gang. Get stuck in uh, with that. Uh, back next week. Uh, enjoy the game this weekend, Mike. We'll chat to you then. Okay. Thanks, man. See you, mate. Go on. Go on. Sometimes longer isn't better. So if you're looking for a fantasy NFL game that doesn't last all season, try Paddy Power Fantasy. Every game week is a season in itself. Try it for free on our super short, super free contest on this Sunday's 6pm games. The top 1,500 customers in the contest win a prize with £1,000 for first place. Search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. Teamplusbgumbleaware.org. Cracker stuff from Iron Mike. He will be back, of course, next Wednesday for more deep diving all across uh, the NFL. Plenty more where that came from. We'll check in with uh, Ben Mortimer a little bit later on, travel expert, uh, who's going to get us up to speed on making the trip across the pond to go and watch a game, uh, which uh, I'm sure a lot of you will be interested in working out how to do that. So Ben is your man to uh, talk about that. But next up, a regular on the show, an all-pro member of the Nat Coombs show. It is, of course, the great Ben Isaacs. Ben Isaacs, good to have you on, man. Yeah, good to be on. How's it going? Well, importantly, uh, Mike and I were just talking about the uh, Mike Leach uh, Pac-10 mascot fight uh, situation. Have you seen that story? No, I've not seen this. Well, he was uh, suggesting and speculating on who would win between 
I think it was a fight or a race. I should probably be clear. But anyway, Mike and I turned it into no, a, yeah, it, a it, fight. It, it, it is a fight. I've it just is a fight, yeah. Out. That is, it's, this is such a Mike Leach thing. The guy is absolutely bonkers. I would love to see him in the NFL. I mean, he would be drummed out of the NFL within about three weeks because he's so crazy. But it's automatically my favorite college uh, head coach ever. Yeah. Um, we were speculating. Just a quick hot take from you, Ben, as our college expert. I fancy the Wilbur and Wilmer because of the just a tag team uh, <laughs> yeah. element there. And I figured that Wilma looks as though, you know, she's a, a pleasant kind of wildcat, but I reckon she could go, she could, could go quite dark, could go quite rogue in a fight. So I'm going there with them. Have you got an opinion on this? Um, well, I, I've met a few pleasant wildcats in my time. Um, I want to, I want to go with, with US, I want to go with USC's Trojan because the, the dude does mm. have a, does have a weapon. Yeah. Um, but, on the, the other Stanford hand, tree, the tree, <laughs> Stanford's mascot is a tree. I mean, you know, the, the trees live longer than any other kind of living thing in terms of the Pac-12 mascots. I'm thinking right. like you've got huskies, you've got ducks, you've got bears, you've got sun devil, which isn't a real thing, but I wouldn't really want to be in a fight with a sun devil. Fair point. Uh, so yeah, I mean, maybe the, the, the Stanford tree is a pretty cool kind of like left field choice mm. because I mean, I don't know if any of the other, um, any of the other mascots have a weapon that could cut down the tree. So the uh, tree might win by the Trojan head. might. The Trojan might. Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad we got that a key hot take from you right <laughs> at the top. Uh, now, a lot changing at the top of the leaderboard in college football. What does that mean uh, for the players? And I want to talk about Wisconsin um, destroying Michigan. And that is a fair definition, isn't it? it was yeah, no, I think that is fair. Blowout. Uh, so Harbour must be in all heaps of trouble as well. So talk us through what's been going on over the last week. Well, Michigan losing to Wisconsin is probably the, the big one. And with this, this wasn't an absolutely outrageous upset because Wisconsin are, are a really good team. It's just that Michigan had legitimate playoff aspirations to, to win the Big Ten and be selected as one of the four playoff teams. But this, this loss, although it doesn't ruin their chances because they can still win the conference, um, that and winning the conference may in itself be enough to get into the playoffs, but they'll now need to win every game and look good while doing it. If they're squeaking past weaker teams, the selection committee are going to, are just going to discard them. Wisconsin mm. looked like the team most likely to challenge Ohio State in that conference. It was thought it's kind of Michigan or Ohio State. Maybe it's a toss up, but Wisconsin, Wisconsin now will, will think, okay, well, we can, we can run the table. We could beat Ohio State and we could be in the playoff. They've got Jonathan Taylor, who may be the best running back in the nation too. So I'm, I'm really high on Wisconsin now after being high on Michigan. I'm completely flip-flopping and I'm going to I love forget. that. I love I'm the fact that wait for them to blow Michigan out of the water and now you're big on them. You're just <laughs> yeah, yeah. playing the hot hand. We don't expect anything less <laughs> yeah. from you, Ben Isaac. Um, now, after that remarkable UCLA-Washington State game oh, last boy. week, which yeah. game should we keep an, out, an eye out for uh, on ESPN this weekend? Um, there's... Well, okay, right. Here we go. I'm going to say the, my favorite game is 5 p.m. Texas A&M versus Arkansas at Jerry World in Arlington. I think that could get wild. That's five o'clock. Um, but a really under the radar one. Wild as in shootout wild? We think oh, yeah, wild, yeah, wild, 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 wild shootout, wild shootout because, um, I don't trust the Arkansas defense and it's a, it's a good rivalry game, neutral field. It'll be a great atmosphere. That I'm looking forward to. And right after that, Clemson, North Carolina, which I always like watching Clemson, but usually that game's over at halftime. But also at 8.30 is Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State. Mm. Now, Appalachian State beat North Carolina um, last week. This, right, here's, here's a good way to tell which games 
fans are really excited about. When you go on um, the ESPN website for the schedule, now if you go on the UK ESPN UK website, you'll see the UK times for the kickoffs. And you are a company games. man, Ben. I, well, I'm, this is useful information because for a long time I was always defaulting to the US one and the kickoff times obviously weren't accurate and it wouldn't tell me which games were on ESPN play. It was all the networks. You go on the UK one and you look at the schedule then you can see everything that you can see. Nice. It also tells you what if you were buying the tickets now, what they would cost you. And the most expensive ticket of the entire weekend in college football is Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State wow, because it is ticket. such a good rivalry game. And both these teams put up a lot of points. And it's really exciting. So there you go. Ultra left field choice. Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, 8.30, ESPN player. Book it in. And if I'm wrong, don't at me. Lock it in. Love that. Um, one more for you quickly. It is a flyby from you uh, this week, Ben. Uh, but I want to ask about the 2020 draft, which we're going to get to talk to you a lot about. And as the, mm. the pieces move around and mock drafts change all the time, we love an overreaction on this show, as, as you well know. Oh, I love a hot take. Love a, love a hot take. I think we had some interesting hot takes uh, a couple of weeks back that if you go 0-2, then <laughs> the season's in trouble. Oh, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Dynamite, stuff like that. But Daniel Jones is definitely the uh, the current holder of uh, the uh, overreaction <laughs> yeah. storyline of uh, the NFL right now. Uh, so let's uh, take him and project that forwards to the 2020 draft. Which quarterback are people underestimating in the 2020 draft? So not the hot takes, not Tua and everybody else that everyone's talking about, but quarterbacks that might end up uh, getting either getting picked higher than we figured or coming into the NFL and surprising people by getting a start early on and looking mm. looking like they belong. Well, obviously, a lot of that does depend on who picks them. You just, you just never know. Kind of, It might be a team with an established starter and someone gets injured. Um, but obviously, we know that Tua and Justin Herbert are kind of considered to be locked in mm. for the for the first round. There's a guy that I like who's really crept up just this just this season. Joe Burrow, he's quarterback of LSU. LSU have not had a good quarterback since I I don't know when, and he's just he's changed that offense. People didn't expect too much out of him. I, people weren't looking at him as like, oh yeah, this is this guy is a, is a great pro prospect. But the way that he's played this year, he's been so accurate. The way he's managed that offense, he's thrown 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He looks better every single week, and he's had tough games as well. Now he's got some, he's got some pretty good receivers, but just the there was a particular there was a particular play uh, I want to say third and 17 um, against Texas where he was just surrounded by blitzers, and he just he just elegantly moved out of the way. Um, hit the receiver in stride, 61 yard touchdown is perhaps his quintessential play. You can probably YouTube it. He's just, he seems like he's a good improviser. He's getting better every week and he could go anywhere between the first round and the fifth round. Mm. But I think someone could get a real bargain with him if he doesn't go in the first round. He may end up going onto a good team rather than one of the, one of the worst teams. And if he, if he gets his chance with a good supporting cast, he could be, he could be a star. Hot Super take. stuff. I love that hot take. That is excellent work. And a fine way to wrap up uh, this week's guest spot. But of course, Ben, a regular part of our show all week, uh, all week, all season long. Uh, and we will uh, be uh, having him in studio very, very soon to deep dive a little bit more on important things in life like uh, mascot fights. Ben, look after yourself at Tweets from Ben if you want to follow uh, him as he should on Twitter. We'll see you soon, mate. Cheers. See you soon. Uh, ben Isaacs there uh, giving us a college steer. Let's move on. Our third and final guest of uh, the show and if you thought about 
uh, ever thought about heading over stateside for a game, for a college game, maybe at Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, if you could afford the tickets, uh, or an NFL game, well, you're in the right place because our next guest uh, is a travel expert that specializes in just that, taking over British fans to the States and setting them up for uh, games, plural, of their choice. So looking forward to checking in with him and working out how we get that done. Let's say a big hello to Mr. Ben. Ben, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Nat. How are you? I am very good and uh, looking forward to getting into this because obviously a lot of our listeners, some new, some new, brand new to the, the game this season, some old school going back, uh, going way back into the vaults of time. Um, I guess all share their love of the sport but because of that minor thing called the Atlantic separating us and the states haven't necessarily got over to a game state side many of our listeners will have gone to uh, you know one of the London games which are terrific and we mustn't ever um, get too complacent about those but there's nothing like going to a game in America and of course that's something you know all about so I wanted to get some basic tips and steers and ideas from you as somebody who is well versed in this area. Let's start with the idea of maximizing your trip. So if you're heading out to watch your NFL team of choice or an NFL game, I guess a good, good option is to look around at the college options there too and, and try and, uh, try and cram in as much football, even high school too, right? As much football as you can. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, the more you can, obviously, if you're a fan, the more you can see and experience, the better. Um, I agree with you that um, college, if you can go to a game, is um, an amazing experience. I mean, for, for me, it's about, you know, football in the US is more than just the game. And obviously, having gone to you know, Wembley or Twickenham, it's the, there's, there's some fun stuff you can do before a game here. But in the US, it's, it takes it is a sort of another level. It starts at the crack of dawn, um, tailgating is, uh, if you can, uh, fairly essential as far as exp- experiencing the whole game. What's the best um, tailgate you've ever been to? The best tailgate I've ever been to? It's it's tough. We, I mean, as, as I say, as a company, we offer quite a lot, but uh, I lived in Baltimore 10 years, and it's quite a hardcore <laughs> tailgating city anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, sort of hanging out under the uh, overpass on I-95 outside M&T Bank Stadium. It, it does produce, but I think the, yeah, the uh, Cleveland do it very well. I mean, mm. they've they kind of they've had some lean years, so they've refined the enjoyable part of the game more than anyone. <laughs> and, sure. uh, yeah. um, and and so they they do a great job as well. Um, obviously, Green Bay is fantastic as far as the pros. And then um, this year, I mean, I've not been to too many college tailgates, but I'm looking forward to going to both Wisconsin and Michigan in, in November. Wow, and I think yeah. that. Those will both be pretty good, uh, pretty good tailgates. So what? Yeah. So what are the best areas? Would you say to to double down or triple down if you throw a high school in as well? I guess the, I guess the the South or Texas. I guess makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, Texas. I mean, you've got those small towns that just live or die by Friday night lights. So yeah. you know, you get a lot of people show up for those games. Uh, we went a couple of years ago um, at a high school game, and um, it was a playoff game. In, in, um, Louisiana, we were in New Orleans and Baton Rouge for an LSU game the following day. So we went to a, a high school near, um, uh, near Baton Rouge and they ended up actually winning, um, the, um, the, the championship for, you know, for their region. Um, and they, they played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium a month later and won the, won the whole thing. So we're uh-huh. pretty lucky to see them. Um, but and the you guys must have been the sort of lucky mascots, right? You did, Something like that. Well, we, we were keeping an eye on it. I mean, we were looking at, 
three or four high schools and we were talking to local guys and they were saying that these guys are really good and it was actually that trip is when one of the guys went that we had a journalist with us and he went up to interview trevor lawrence this sudden some kid who was you know a high school kid at the time and, and now he's going yeah. to be probably the number one pick in in a year so or two years so um yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's but you see i mean the, the level of play at, at, at high school at senior level in those sort of certainly those competitive southern teams is is you know a lot of those teams could probably beat some of the lesser college teams they're that good and what should be on our listeners bucket list taking you know partisan affiliation with a particular nfl team out of it for a minute which stadiums uh, and games and i guess um also areas cities uh, and regions of america would you really recommend our listeners look at thinking about what would be on your you know your, your top three your top five must do I think um, it, veering away from the typical sort of you know sort of British obsession with New York and, and and Florida and stuff is sometimes a good idea because you've got some fantastic cities that um, are, are, I guess are less visited in the US that that have an NFL team and they have a great college presence too. So you're going to drop Detroit right here. That's what I'm, I'm going to. I will put Detroit in actually. It's, it's, it. Thanks, thanks for that for reminding me because I, I, <laughs> we've, we've talked about this and and uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah that that whole. Um, uh, firstly, Detroit as a city has really, really sort of turned itself around um, in the last, uh, really, sort of just ten years. I mean, it, it, it obviously it's, it still has its issues with uh, you know sort of um, violence and what happened in certain parts, just like Baltimore, actually. But um, but the urban renovation and redevelopment um, in that city um, is is very impressive. And obviously, Ford Field's a nice place to see a game. The Lions are uh, actually looking um, a little a little tasty all of a sudden. Yeah, um, yeah. The last few weeks. Sneaky, so. Yeah. So, and then you've got, you've also got Michigan State and, and Michigan. And there's obviously, you know, diehards from both of those fan bases. So that's a good place in the north, yeah. I suppose. There's, there's, look, you know, there's, there's less mention. Um, I think, yes, sort of, as I said, Southern football's great. I mean, I always have to sort of go with New Orleans, I guess, at the top of my, um, uh, list because it just ticks all those boxes as far as, you know, outside of the game as well. And then obviously the Superdome is just super loud and the oh, fans are, and the, and the fans are terrific as well. So yeah. And with your New Orleans, I remember, um, I have probably bored our listeners, Ben, so many times with this story, but our new listeners will appreciate it. Me and Mike did a game over there for telly back in the day, uh, New Orleans, the Superdome on a Monday night football game. We were next to the Monday night football crew in the booth next to them. And it was a glass partition kind of frontage. So we were half exposed to the, the fans outside as opposed to being in a completely self-contained booth that you often are in stadiums. Single-handedly, the best atmosphere I've ever been in. And particularly accentuated by Carlson at various stages of uh, the game and the broadcast, uh, inciting a riot, getting the fans to join in in various songs. I mean, it was absolutely wild. And what a hell of a city as well. So I'm loving that. And uh, I'm loving the Michigan steer uh, too. That is definitely on my bucket list to go and see uh, Go and see uh, them because that is an extraordinary, what, 105,000, is it? The, the stadium I think it's a, it's a little more. It's about 108. I think it, it's, wow. it's the biggest football stadium in the, in the United States. And yeah. I looked this up. It's the second biggest stadium in the world as far mm-hmm. as capacity. And I was surprised. Do you know where the first may be? South America, I'm guessing. It's Pyongyang, North Korea, Ooh, which I, I, I really? doubt the, I doubt the veracity of that player. He may, he may be exaggerating. Mm-hmm. A little bit. But, a little bit. But, uh, I'm, I'm guessing sure you've never, never covered a game there. Um, <laughs> and what about this, the Super Bowl, of course, in Miami? So there's a very realistic chance this season that we're going to see a host, uh, a host city 
with their team in the Super Bowl, right? The way the Finns are oh, going. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's, it's I, think, lock, I think they're it? just uh, setting everyone up for the, for the, you know, for, for the fall here. Yeah, they're going to come back strong. <laughs> it's like it's Paul Josh, Newman in the color of money. That's what's going <laughs> that's on. That's it. It's, it's Josh Rosen's home debut, full home debut this weekend, isn't it? So I think the, the turnaround starts here. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking likely, but I think Miami's, there's a reason the NFL keep going back there so many times it's hosted it I think more than any other city and uh, it's just because it's so much fun you know the weather's great you can pretty much guarantee well I, I'm going to curse myself here but you know a, a nice weather for the game <laughs> oh you and, jinxed uh, it now I already well, have I hope, I hope we don't because we've got what? 15 people going to cracking stuff Ben so touchdowntrips.com is where you head uh, to find out more uh, about uh, everything that Ben and his crew do uh, on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well Touchdown Trips uh, and we are going to be uh Definitely talking more about this. Delighted that they are uh, supporting the show uh, this season. Uh, we have got lots of different ideas and things we want to get into in terms of traveling stateside, city guides, bars to go to, restaurants to check out, places to visit, all that good stuff. We're going to be weaving that in uh, throughout the course of the season here on the Nat Coombs Show. So uh, we'll be hearing from Ben soon uh, and appreciate your insight today, man. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me, Nat. Cheers. Uh, the excellent Ben Mortimer there from Touchdown Trips. As I say, www.touchdowntrips.com. Cracky stuff. Many thanks to all our guests. Iron Mike leading us off. We had Ben Isaacs with the College Day. Get involved with ESPN Player this weekend. I'll certainly be watching uh, from five o'clock onwards. Uh, sounds like that's going to be an absolute thriller from what uh, Benny said. So I uh, love the fact that you can just double down, have college football on a Saturday, NFL on a Sunday. What is not to love about that? And big thanks to Ben Mortimer as well. Really uh, finding out uh, a lot more about how you plan a trip stateside and uh, really getting uh, my imagination going and hopefully yours as well with things you can do. We're back Friday uh, with uh, a weekend preview, of course, uh, at the ESPN studio. So looking forward uh, to getting stuck into week four of the NFL, getting you set for the weekend. Me and the OG back on Saturday as well for the Daily Fantasy Pod. A big shout out to our sponsors, Paddy Power Fantasy. Really appreciate their support and love uh, this season. And if you haven't, just a reminder, subscribe to us. That way you won't miss any of these great episodes that are dropping into your podcatcher. They will automatically appear for the commute home. If you're at the gym or if you're rocking back after a heavy night out at about four o'clock, that's often the best way to listen to the show, quite frankly. So at the NC Show on social media, we'll see you Friday. Bye for now. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.